Hello, welcome back. This is Cassandra. And I'm Carrie. And we're too good, good to be true. true. And this week we are having our movie discussion. And we watched a movie called I Care A Lot. And that's a damn lie. And that is the damn lie. I don't think this bitch cares at all. But anyway, so we're going to talk about that. It is a Netflix movie, if you're interested. And I guess we'll just get started. Um, the movie starts with this lady. Her name is Marla Grayson. And she's talking about, like, how the world is kind of, like, set up for you know rich people you know and how they like have it better than you know poor people and how they get like you know all the advantages and you know whatever you know what i mean i mean she's not wrong (laughs) yeah and uh how she and i don't know how she words it i can't remember the exact words but like that she's been poor and it didn't suit her or something like that like it didn't look well on her or something i don't know some shit like that okay i mean same (laughs) (laughs) but i'm thinking to myself no one wants to be poor you know what i mean like it's just about all about how you go about making your money and the way she does it is shady it's not nice you know it's pretty shitty yeah so we move then on to they're in a courtroom and She's got this judge, like, I don't think the judge is, um, awesome. what's the word I'm looking for? Corrupt? There we go. But I don't think he's wrong, but he's wrapped around dumb as hell. <laughs> he believes everything she says, and she's in there yeah. arguing against this guy. We don't ever get his first name, I believe, but his name's Mr. Felstrom. Yeah. And he is upset because she's a guardian over his, his mother. mother. And she has placed his mother into a nursing home facility, and she has restricted his access to her. And she's saying that that's needed because she gets upset and everything when he comes by. And he, I think, didn't she say he assaulted someone? Well, they do kind of, they do kind of show that in the movie. He tries to get in there into the facility, and they do kind of show that a little bit. He tries to get in there, and then they go to like the courtroom type thing or whatever. He tries to get in the facility, and they kind of deny him access, and they kind of restrain him and whatever, and he goes kind of ballistic or whatever. I mean, I don't want him. Which, understandable. So, but what Marla is, she's a legal guardian. She takes over for elderly or other people. Yeah. Maybe disabled people that need care. She gets the legal system to, like, grant her guardianship over these people. And I let me just tell you, I didn't even know that that was, like, a thing that you could do legally without having the person present in oh you didn't no i didn't you know, definitely like i didn't yeah. know that you could just go to the judge and be like this person is incompetent yada, yada, yada. well that's the whole thing of incompetence like it, you're incompetent you're not you can't really stand trial yeah and you way can't stand so up for yourself you're caught so it's like i did not know that like this was a thing that people just could just go take over people basically take over people's whole lives kind of you know what i mean yeah i mean that and like i said that's the whole thing with you know deeming somebody incompetent Incompetent. is they're saying that they can't make this decide for themselves but it's only in the emergency situations that they're not going to be present present if you're actually going through it 
the regular way, they're going to be able to say, you know, what unless they're in a coma or something right. like that, they're going to be able to be present. But in an emergency situation, they're saying it's an emergency, emergency. because this person is so incompetent that they need someone to take over right away immediately. Immediately, we need to get on this, and, and that's why they don't. Like Karami said, she places these people in assisted living facilities, and she's got everyone under her thumb. Honestly. The people in these assisted living facilities that work there, that run them, she's got them under her thumb. The doctors that are diagnosing these people, she's got all these people under her thumb. And it's, some it's some like, of them are honestly corrupt and they're working with they're her, knowing full well yeah. what she's doing. But some of them, like I said, the judge, I don't think that's the case with him. I think he just genuinely believes that she is. Yeah, I don't want to judge him on it, but he is kind of dumb. Like, he doesn't realize what's going on here. Mm -hmm. He's kind of oblivious. Let's say that. Let's say he's oblivious. Marla has her own company. She's got some employees. This is her actual job. It's her actual. She made it into an actual job, like being guardianship over these people and she's got employees that work for her and they go into these people's houses and they sell off all their property and all their assets their assets so she uses their savings to pay for the facility yeah to pay herself undertaking honestly it's kind of insane and felstrom is flipping out and, and being like and she's taking my mom's money and she's paying herself and she's like of course i am because this is my job right yeah she's, she's like my job is to pay it after the case goes down he threatens her outside yeah he tells her he hopes she gets raped and murdered yeah which is i wouldn't not that on anyone that's not nice I didn't like that. It was very emotional, so but I he was understand. in his feelings, and he's upset. And but you should never tell a woman that. That was kind of yeah, that was a I bit much. Like yeah, basically, he says that he hopes she, she gets killed and she dies, or in some way, horrible way, or whatever. And then, like, cut to you know her working at her business. You see some of her employees. There's one girl that she works the most closely with. And her name's Fran. And then you kind of find out they have, like, a closer relationship than just a working relationship. Yeah, they're, they're, they're together. They're in a yeah. partnership and in a romantic partnership. Right. And then they show her talking to a doctor, Dr. Karen Amos, about some... They call it a cherry other potential clients because she does have a client that passes away so then she's got you know William. for another one well it, it starts off with sam from the nursing home calls her and he tells her that this other elderly gentleman has passed away That's she's right, like yeah. seriously i was expecting a lot more time time to like and reap the benefit so, of this you know basically mark right and so she tells Sam will hold his room for her and he tells her it's going to be $2,000 a week to hold the room for her and she's like okay sure like she's not happy about it but she'll do it right and then she gets a call from Dr. Karen about what they call a cherry, cherry. which is basically an easy mark it's somebody that lives alone that doesn't have any living Family. relatives that she can more easily take advantage of yeah and she named because no one's gonna notice right you know and she names this person jennifer jennifer peterson. peterson and so she gets the court order she goes back to the same judge same judge name dumbass. judge the judge dumbass that's a good name for him because he just honestly 
thinks that this woman is just a peach. A peach. She's just so caring and so wonderful. And she cares a lot. She cares a lot. She's trying to do the best for these people, and she's really not. Let's be honest. So she grants it, and her and Fran, I think Fran was with her, right? When they show up? I do believe so. Yeah, so she shows up to Jennifer's place. Oh, yeah, when they take Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they go in, and she shows the court order, and Jennifer's confused at first, and she's like, am I in, am I in trouble? Did I do something yeah, wrong? Yeah, like, what is this? And she's like, no, you've been deemed incompetent and that you need care, and I... They say she's like at the she stages of dementia and, like... And Dr. Karen is also sketchy, and she's the one that is working with, with Marla, Marla and got the judge convinced that Jennifer's condition is way worse than it, it is so that she can get the guardianship. So then Marla and Fran show up and they tell her, you know, we're going to take you to this home. And Jennifer fights them on it. Oh, as her one they, would, they, who isn't actually incompetent. They don't even know, honestly. They got in way over their heads with this lady. Yeah. So they get the police of course and and with the court order and the police being there jennifer has no choice has but to choice but go. yeah so she goes with them they put her in a home they put her in the home where that sam runs the other sketchy guy Guy sam runs them. that uh uh assistant living facility and then they immediately start selling off her stuff they're auctioning they off her belongings they're painting they the house no fucking time they None. were in her house selling every goddamn thing in that place <laughs> and then they're while they're there doing all this stuff she finds a safe deposit key right as soon as i saw it i was like that's a safe deposit key because i work in a bank so you know no no what they i know what that looks like so then the doorbell or a knock at the door i can't remember guys my brain fog is it's, terrible it's, i'm i'm very sick right now I do believe so like the door is sort of like open or ajar and he can kind of see in and fran's in there and she's just like got a clipboard and she's doing all these things and this guy comes up to the door and he's driving a taxi and he's there to like pick jennifer up. yeah he says taxi for jennifer peterson and they're like, oh, sorry, she doesn't live here anymore. And he's like, what do you mean? She doesn't live here anymore. He was, where did she go? He was like, where is she? And they, like, would not give him any information. Yeah, no information at all. So he leaves and he immediately calls her son, who turns out to be Peter Dinklage. <laughs> yeah, Peter Dinklage is, like, killer in this movie. <laughs> I love him anyway, but I was like, oh, my God, Peter Dinklage. Him. So they meet up with him, and he's like, what do you mean she moved? And he's like, there's two ladies that were there. They had paint swatches, and yeah. they were changing it's everything. Crazy. It's literally. And Peter Dinklage's character, what's his name, Roman? Roman. And shit gets crazy from there. So, like, this it, Alexi yeah, guy that went the to left pick turn. up. <laughs> yeah. The Alexi guy that went to pick up his mom, he's, like, you know, employed by Roman. And Roman... Is like greatly distressed because he has like these meetings with his mom literally like every week or whatever. And he's like, she doesn't miss these right meetings. And he's like freaking out. I and mean, he's yelling at Alexi and he's like, you need to find my mother. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he's like, where did she go? And he's like, I didn't get that information. And he's like, so you didn't think to get some basic <laughs> yeah. information on the situation? They're like, 
they just he's like they just said she wasn't there anymore she moved i'm like okay so freaking then they hire this you tell her dean erickson erickson yeah oh my god and let me just tell you i can't think of his name right now but the actor is from uh mindy the mindy project or whatever i love that guy (laughs) he was really good too yeah he shows up to marla's office and he's pretty much just like okay we're on to you and you need to release her and you need to relinquish your guardianship and she says absolutely not so he at that point he goes i didn't want to do this but and then he, he's got a briefcase. Yeah, he's got a briefcase, oh, and he was offering to buy her all grand. Or yeah, whatever. So he goes a uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollars to release her, and she goes, "If your starting point is a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that leads me to believe, believe there's a lot more money in this yeah than a hundred that she's worth a lot more than that." So yes. he's he's like, "Okay, what's you know what do you want?" And she says five million dollars. Five million. He goes up to like three hundred thousand, right? And she's like, "No, how about five? Million. Yeah. Which is a big jump. So she rejects the offer and he leaves. And then at that point they they will they start break her out. Yeah. They it's kinda like two things going on at once. Like Fran and Marla are trying to investigate, figure out what is so special about this lady, like what the hell? Mm-hmm. Where'd this lawyer come from? She didn't call him herself. She couldn't because she has no cell phone. Yeah. The assisted living place. How did he get hired? What's going on? Because they thought she had no living relatives. So they're super confused. You know, so they're doing research trying to figure out who the hell Jennifer Peterson even is. And so there's that part going on. But at the same time, Alexi, Alexi <laughs> and this other guy, this other guy, well, I think there's like two guys that went with him. They try and go break Jennifer out of these. They go. Yeah, they go in with this story of saying they're looking around for a place with dad dad. (laughs) and then they get in there they find jennifer and they try to bust her out and literal math yeah and they are unsuccessful of course a lot of shit goes down right i won't go into details in case you want to watch this movie but like a lot of shit goes down i mean we're going into detail that's the whole point so um at that point, like I said, they're trying to break her out, and they're completely unsuccessful in doing it. And it's crazy. I mean, they almost get her, but they don't. And at this point, Marla's completely controlling all of her medication, and she's got her completely doped up oh, yeah. and everything. She's super doped up. And she visits her, and she's trying she... to ask her, who are you for real? Because like... as it turns out, she's not Jennifer Peterson. She's not Jennifer Peterson, and I think... Part of what leads her into thinking that also, not just everything that happened there, but also once she has that safety deposit key, she does eventually go to the bank to see what's going on mm-hmm. with the safety deposit box. And she goes there and she finds like diamonds. normal normal things, but also diamonds hidden in a cutout book. <laughs> there's like a cutout in the book and there's like diamonds. Yeah. And at that point, she's like, okay, who is this? Sunshine's going on here. So it turns out she's not actually Jennifer Peterson. It they turns stole that identity. That Roman is involved with the Russian, Russian mafia. mafia. And they stole Jennifer Peterson's identity. identity from an infant who died of polio. Right, because there was something going on where they didn't... Something happened with Roman 
Yeah. And he didn't want people to fly. I think there was like a job that went bad or something or went sideways. And it was like him and some other guy. I can't remember the other guy's name, to be honest with you. But it was like two guys. And you figure out, obviously, that he's the boss guy, not the underling. Because it was like a boss guy and an underling. And they thought they died. Like, they supposedly were presumed dead. But they weren't actually dead, obviously. Because he's still alive. And then... Like, he had to protect himself, he had to protect his mother, you know, he had to protect his, you know, money, all that other stuff, you know, because he's obviously doing shitty bullshit. Right, so they steal this identity to protect themselves. So, Jennifer, Jennifer in quotes, has has got some pretty powerful connections here. And when Marla visits her at the home to be like, tell me basically who the hell you actually are jennifer is just kind of she's still out of it she's still medicated yeah, like question but she's laughing and she's she is laughing. laughing she's like oh you're, you're in trouble now she's like he's gonna be fucking pissed <laughs> she's like you have got a world of hurt coming lady and it's the wrong bitch you picked the wrong lady to put in this facility for sure because obviously she knows how her son is and he will do anything. Like he's gonna do anything to get her out of there. Right. Obviously. He's he's not holding back. <laughs> Why don't you just say that? And it's so funny because then he in in like the his search of like trying to figure out what's going on and how they even went about this process of getting her put in there and this, that, whatever. He goes and he looks at, he's got his own key to the safety deposit box, but he's got it hidden in another safety deposit box. It's kind of like a whole thing. And he realizes the diamonds are missing, so he knows she has them, so he's kind of got sort of kind of like leverage, you know, like she's got leverage, he's got leverage. It's kind of like, it's weird because they keep going back and forth and you don't know what's going to happen because you don't know which one of these people is more fucking insane. Right. It's it's kind of crazy. And then after that, she's in like a parking garage walking to her car and they shoot her with a dart with something, some kind of tranquilizer. Tranquilizer or something and put her in the trunk. Put her in the trunk. They drive her out somewhere. And when she comes to, she's tied to a chair and Roman punches her in the face. Yeah, she's just like, ow, ow. He's a little guy, you know. But he, he, and he hit her like full force. Yeah, just kind of nuts. Let's be honest. Yeah, and so he tells her that she's gonna, he's gonna kill her, and she's gonna die a painful death. And they, you know, they drug her and they fill her up full of alcohol. Oh, yeah. And they want it to look organic, like she was just in a drunk driving accident. So they put her in the car, and they have her drive over this edge of, like, a ravine. It's like going cliff into the water, and the car is sinking, but somehow... Somehow this bitch gets out. She comes to... That's the thing. This this is a little plot hole, I think, because she comes to... I was like, she gets out of the car. Awake, and then has the energy... To kick the window out. I mean, she should be drunk out of her mind for all the alcohol that put into her and the drugs. She had drugs in her system. I was like, how was she even awake? Because they put more stuff in her afterward, after they, like, interrogated her and, like, she came to there or whatever. 
they put more stuff in her system when they put her in the car and like drove her off the cliff or yeah so i was like how would she even but she gets out walks all the way to a gas station has the presence of mind to ask the guy at the gas station the clerk if she can use his phone she offers him 50 dollars to use his phone to call somebody while all that was going down well a little bit previously I think was when Fran they also broke into the house and assaulted Fran. I think Fran. it's like kind of going on at the same time. Yeah, simultaneously. Yeah, they beat the hell out of Fran. They beat the living shit out of Fran. And so she ends up, she calls Fran. She of course gets no answer. She ends up getting back to the house. She finds Fran all beat up and everything, but Fran is luckily still alive. Yeah. And at that point, <clears throat> they're thinking it might be best to just leave to just run just run but also like roman is pissed because like he try he find he tries to get them and then he does find out that like they are both still alive he ends up killing the doctor dr karen yep. amos or whatever and then they see that on the news, and they're both freaking out because they're like, okay, they already tried to come after them. This lady got killed. What the hell is going to happen now? Especially Fran. Fran's like... Fran's freaked out. Freaked out. She's like, we need to get our passwords. We need to go. We need to get out of here. But, like, instead, they freaking just go and, like, hang out in this unsold property of theirs that, like, is one of their previous victims that, like, hole up in there. I'm like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just take off, but whatever. And because then, Marla's greedy. And Marla's, well, that's true. Marla's greedy. So, like, in the meantime, because she's back at it, she gets the mom so fucking messed up in the facility that she gets her moved to a psych ward because she's got her so overly medicated and all this other stuff. And, like, she's just going crazy. Yeah, and Jennifer had attacked her at one point. That is true. She did attack her when she visited the facility. She's sitting there and she just goes up behind her and starts and putting her in a chokehold. Oh, yeah. She took a video of her because she put her, the Jennifer lady put her in a chokehold. And then she showed the video to the, the dumb judge, the stupid one, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She needs to be moved to the to the psych facility, you know, because she's going crazy. And then, like... This bitch is so crazy. She thinks she's going to get more money out of these people. She's moved it up to, she wants $10 million. You want your mom give me fucking $10 million? And this guy's like, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, hell no. But it's like, what are you going to do? Because it's like, these are two people that are very, like, first of all, they're very stubborn. And they're kind of very like-minded. Yeah, they're just kind of in a power struggle. They're in a power struggle. I think at this point, want to be like, yeah. At this point, I don't even think it's about Jennifer anymore. It's about who can who can be who exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. It just gets it goes places. It just gets more and more crazy. So Marla and Fran make this decision. Like, what do we choose to do? Do we have the diamonds. Do we sell them and just take off? Like, take the money. We could, like, Fran's got some sort of connection or something that she could sell these diamonds to. Mm-hmm. Do we take that money and just run off? Or do we go for Roman? You know what I mean? And they're kind of, like, in this place where they're like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, what choice do we make? 
And of course, Marla and Fran decide that they're going to going to go after go after Roman. So they're like, let's track him down. Then they do the they kidnap him. They do the opposite and they shoot him up with they... drugs and leave him naked lying on a road. Yeah, that's insane. And then a jogger comes across this naked little man. Naked little man on the road. It's kind of crazy. So then Roman ends up, you know, he almost dies. He ends up in the hospital. When he wakes up, Marla's there. It's insane. And she tells him he's a John Doe at this point. And you know what happens with John Doe's? They're immediately appointed a legal guardian. guardian. And guess who's the guardian? Marla. Yeah, it's, it's, it literally, the whole movie is like, it's bonkers. So insane. It goes so many places. You're just like, what else? Like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, literally, you're like, what else could even happen at this point? So after Roman comes to, and they have this little discussion, and she's telling him he could pay her off, and she'll right him and his mom alone and relinquish the guardianship. But Roman, yeah, Roman comes up with a better idea. Oh, and he says, "Well, let's join forces. Let's join forces." He said, "We'll use my money in your skills, and we'll make this a much bigger, bigger operation. operation." And at that point, they go into business together. Because, like, literally, they realize that both of them are never going to give up. It's like they're like Karami said; they're in this like power struggle. Neither one's going to give up. They're going to keep going. They kind of admire each other at this point. You know what I mean? They're like, damn. I mean, who wouldn't? It's like, how did these people go through the shit that they went through and they They both are still alive? Like, I would would honestly be like, okay, okay, you're a shitty person, but goddamn. Yeah. I'm a badass. It's it's kind of impressive. You're like, damn, you know? So they're like, hey, we could make a a big operation out of this and everybody wins. So they do, and... It because so she lets Jennifer thing. loose. She gets reunited with her son. Yay. She marries Fran. Marla marries Fran. All these good things happening. All good things. And Marla's business takes off. And, and it's a big deal. And she's rich. She's richer than rich. Richer than rich. She's the CEO of like... They start all these companies. Like mm-hmm. insane amounts of companies. Like not just the guardianship company, but like... They have their own assisted living facilities. They have, I can't even remember what all they have, but it's insane. Yeah. So many, so many companies. As Marla's, you know, getting interviewed on a, TV. A, a, it's a, like a, like a talk show. Like, like a, a talk show type thing. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of almost like, what, like, you know, like on, Larry King or whatever. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like she's that. getting interviewed by that kind of stuff and she's a big deal and they talk about how much money she has and she gets out of the interview and her and Fran are going to leave and Fran's like what do we do now and she's like whatever the fuck we want. want yeah we're like she's literally done everything that she possibly could have done and wanted to do now it's like just go live your life basically because you have all the all the money you that you wanted you got all the power you wanted you got everything but but plot twist we yeah. are hey bitch and she turns around and who is it but mr, mr. Feldstrom. feldstrom this part blew my mind <laughs> and mr feldstrom decided he's going to take matters into his own hands because he says his mom, mother died yeah, because my mom died you wouldn't let me see he her, her and she died alone and he pulls out a gun and he shoots her directly in the heart 
I mean, right you straight feet. You're not coming that. back. Yeah, no, you're done. He shoots her right in the heart. So Marla just dies right there on the sidewalk in Fran's arms. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, justice is served. Justice is served. He went on to die, and in the end, he ended up being the one that made it happen. Yeah. She thought she was just living the best life. She was on top of the world. She got to marry free. She got all the money she wanted. She got all this recognition. Everybody thinks she's wonderful. And in one fell swoop, it's all gone. It's all gone. Because, you know, she pissed this guy off. Well, she probably pissed a lot of people off, but he was just... He's the one that finally did something about it. Do something about it. Or insane enough by this point. Yeah, honestly. And it's like, you know... It kind of makes you think, because you're like, first of all, that's a, what a fucked up system, honestly. Like, to think that we live in a place where, like, people could just do this. So what would be your rating of this movie? Honestly, I think it was a 10 out of 10. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Do do I like this situation? Or this situation? Hell no. no. Horrible. But it was an exciting movie to watch. Do I think that people should do this? No. To try and make money? No. I wouldn't suggest it. But, I mean, obviously, people are going to do what they got to do. And there's always scammers. And there's always people coming up with some fucking thing to scam people. You know what I mean? Right. This is just one of many. And now you know about it. So you know kind of what to look for. You know, and how this kind of how the system works if you go watch the movie you understand it better because we're kind of paraphrasing here but right obviously we're not going to go over every detail (laughs) we're not going this would be a two-hour long episode yeah did but if we did yeah but yeah i mean and this this is a movie that really shows you the importance of knowing who you want to have in control in these Uh, kinds of situations or knowing who's going to be um your your medical honestly that's true yeah the person that's going to be in control of your your medical directives well you should if you're in an emergency situation or when you get all that like ahead of time or whatever like so that people aren't going to come in and do and like to beware of the fact that elder abuse and what are the red flags for elder abuse this person that just swoops in that you've never met before it's a brand new person they're super close super fast they're taking over your loved one's life, their finances. Those are all red flags. Those for sure. You know, Feldstrom was obviously right in thinking that she was only doing this for her own for personal her benefit. Honestly, so to just be aware of the fact that there are people out there. Obviously, this kind of stuff is really wild and well, out I mean, there. Look at but we we look at what we saw with Dorothea. Puente. Puente. Yeah. Similar situation. You know, she's she's getting herself appointed guardian of these people. She was taking all their money. Right. You know. I mean, there's people out there that... So it really does happen. Yeah. I mean, this was a movie, but it really... It does, does happen, happen in real life. So, yeah. so you just need to be aware of what goes on and the fact that not everybody has your or your, your loved one's best interests at heart. That's true. Learn to spot... The red flags, the signs of this kind of stuff. Be aware of elder abuse and how it happens and what goes down with it so that you can keep your loved ones and yourself safe. Safe. And like I said, make sure you have somebody appointed to be your guardian or to be your medical directive. Have a will. Have a will. 
honestly, if there's anything I learned from life situations that I've went through recently, not this movie, but it is very important for people to have wills. It's very important because you can even have somebody as a power of attorney that can take care of stuff for you while you're alive. But I don't know if you know this, power of attorney ceases upon death. So you can be in full and complete control over someone's care being power of attorney and you can have control over their finances. But the second they pass away, that's it. You don't have control anymore. Right. So it's important to have somebody appointed to take care of your estate and your stuff after you pass away as well. Yeah. So it's like I never really thought about any of this stuff, but it's like now I kind of think like, hey, this is a good thing to do, you know, because you want to protect your loved ones when you pass away. Also, that's the other thing. It's like you want them to have an easy time. You don't want someone else swooping in and, you know, taking control of all of your things because that's what happens. Like the state will come in. Like if you don't have any of that stuff set in stone, ahead of time like it's things that i've gotten to realize you know and you don't want right and it might be a hard conversation to have have with people but oh yeah you need to let people know your wishes because if you god forbid are ever in an accident or something and you become comatose or incapacitated you know completely incapacitated you need to let your loved ones know how much time are you willing to remain in that state before you know, they, what they say, pull the plug. Because I know personally, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to be, you know, a vegetable. I don't want to just be laying there unresponsive and somebody has to take care of me and I'm a burden on somebody for the rest of my remaining life. I want to set aside, you know, sure, for a little while, leave me be, see if I come back around. But after a while, if I don't, pull the plug and let me go with some dignity. Yeah, so many things that I never really thought about until recently and I'm just like now I think it's so funny because even like when you go to the doctor and they're always like oh do you have an advanced directive or there's someone ever I always think to myself oh like why would I need that like no big deal but then like now this all all these things that we research and talk about and then also things that were going on in my life have me like really thinking like it is important no matter how old or young you are it is important to let your wishes be known and also to put these things in place. Right. I mean, I'm only 36 and I already know completely. Right. I don't want to live. I haven't given any of it a thought. I'm not a smart person. I know, <laughs> I know what I want done with my body when I pass yeah. away. I want to go, I want to be donated to a body farm. And if you don't know what they are, they're... Uh, oh, like the ones for like research. Yeah, they're like research facilities. They take your body and they basically just put it in different, you know, various situations and um, atmospheres and stuff. And they kind of just watch your decomposition. And it's helpful to, if somebody comes across a body out in the wild someday or someone's murdered and they're buried somewhere or whatever, it's it helps them they- to understand... How long they've been out there, Yeah, you know, what the situation was, what the, you know, how the atmosphere played into them getting where they are. It helps to solve 
crimes and stuff. So I think it's a good use. I think it's a good use, too. I th It is something to think about. You could also donate your body to science in other ways. Yeah. To go to medical schools. You can, you know, obviously be buried or cremated. You know, you need to figure out what you want done. And appoint somebody to make sure those wishes get carried out. Yeah, I, I, it's something I've really, like, I never thought it was, like, important to have, I never even thought it was important to have, like, a family, like, attorney or a lawyer or anything like that. But it's, like, the more I, the older I get, the more I'm realizing, like, these things are actually important because if, if, if anything happens or there's any situation like that where those people come in and they're like, hey, we're taking your loved one, you know what I mean? Like, if you already have all these things set in place, you know, then there's no worries, you know, right. of anything like that happening. Right. And you want to make sure they know if, you know, are you a DNR? I do not resuscitate. Which, right. do, do not resuscitate doesn't mean flat out don't resuscitate. It doesn't mean that once you die, you just stay dead. It just means they don't perform CPR on you. Which, and I think that's a good thing for an elderly person to have a DNR because they're more fragile, you know? Uh, and if yeah. somebody doing CPR can easily do more damage, damage than, than good. For sure. So it's important to understand the different medical terms and what can happen in each situation and find somebody who's going to carry out your wishes. Now, there's the train. Um, just because... Our beautiful train. Just because... Someone loves you and cares for you does not mean that they're going to carry out your wishes That's in this kind of event. Because a lot of people, they become emotional. They might become selfish. They don't want to let you go. Mm -hmm. So it's True. important to make your wishes known, to have them legally put on paper, and to make sure that it's going to be carried out the way that you want to you carry it out. So, with all that said, if it seems too good to be true, it is. And if you want to find us on our socials, we're on Facebook at Too Good to Be True Podcast. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Too Good to Be True Pod. If you want to shoot us an email, you know, any case suggestions or movie suggestions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about, if there's any questions you have, if you're in like Still a waiting. weird financial situation and you want to talk to us about it, if you that know someone to talk something out like that, you know, if you know someone who's been a victim of a scam or a fraud or an almost victim or you have a crazy story, story, oh yeah, or if you work at banking and you've seen some shit and you want to tell us, it's too good to be true pod at outlook.com. You can also go to our main page at anchor.fm slash too good to be true. You can leave us a voice note if you want, or you can monetarily support us so that we can save up to get better equipment and soundproofing and stuff. And just, you know, thanks for listening. And don't forget to rate and review us and share us with friends. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I still remember that day I made her hug it out. <laughs> that was fucking great. I don't even remember what we got into it over. But she was being a bitch, and I was just like, you know, the way you speak to me, I feel like you talk down to me. I feel like you're condescending. Well, she talks to everyone. I was like, why are you complaining about the fact that I'm not smiling when there's no customers in this store? I'm not going to walk around like a creepy weirdo with a smile on my face all the time when there's no one to smile at. What is your problem? 
why do you speak to me this way? Yeah. And we kind of got into it a little bit. And then she was like, well, I don't think you're a bad person. I was like, good, because I'm not. And then I was like, I'm going to, I was like, I'm just going to fuck with her at this point. I was like, let's hug it out. Let's hug it out. Come on. And she actually did it. And I was like, I had to leave. I was dying. I was like, I got to go now. I'm, bye. I'm going home. <laughs> and then when I told her I was quitting, because like, they hadn't scheduled me. I swear to God, for three months straight, they hadn't scheduled me. Yeah, I remember that. And I thought I was just let go because like, it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my primary job. I was working at the bank and I was working there part time by that point. And I figured the availability I gave them wasn't good enough. And so that they were just quietly letting me go as right. some places do. They just take you off the schedule. So now I'm literally on my way to Harrisburg with Jen and they call me and they go, we need you to work tomorrow. I said, what? I said, I don't even think I work there anymore. What do you mean you need me to work tomorrow? And they were like, yeah, well, we have you on the schedule for tomorrow and Thursday. And I was like, no. And then they call me back later and she goes, well, the availability that you had, you didn't have enough availability. So I wasn't able to schedule you. You need to work at least three days a week. I was like, I don't need to do anything. Who are you to tell me? Yeah. So I walked in the next day with a resignation letter and I gave it to her and it said that I was quitting effective immediately. And she's like, oh, well, what happened? I was like, you. <laughs> You happened. You happened. You suck. I don't like working with you. You're a terrible manager. You are the problem. It's you. Hi. <laughs> You're, You're the, the problem. problem. It's, it's you. you. 